0: This is a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. I was reflecting this week that I've been here 12 weeks. Can you believe that? Yeah, you've survived me, I've survived you. It's been beautiful, but I think this is the longest I've ever gone in a new community without telling this story, so uh, uh, excuse me uh, for indulging myself, but it's a story of, of the weekend when I got saved. Uh, so this was all the way back in <clears throat> 1995, uh, and uh, I was taken, um, invited by a mate uh, to a Christian, Christian conference, Christian camp, uh, full of young people, a room full of young people, about 150 people, and I just heard the good news of Jesus, not for the first time, but also for the first time, if you know what I mean. It landed, uh, and my heart opened, and I responded to the goodness and love of Jesus for myself. And it was amazing what happened, or what I felt, what I actually experienced in my being as I placed my faith and trust in Jesus for the very first time. Maybe you can remember it, but there was something different in here. Something was full that used to be empty. There was light in places that used to be dark. I wasn't even realizing or knowing that I was hungry and thirsty for this thing, but once I tasted it for myself, I realized this is what I was created for. This is what all of us were created for. This is what the sovereign God in his kindness and his love and his mercy pursues his creation for them to experience for themselves, the life and the love of Jesus dwelling within me. And so significant was that experience for me that it just had to find expression It had to make a difference. It had to show up. It had to spill over. It had to overflow from that place into my life in some way. And the first chance I got to do that was the very next morning uh, during a time of gathered sung worship, much like what we've done um, this morning, but without chairs and 150 teenagers that are three days into a camp. And I'm sure it was a bit odorous, but never mind. Uh, God was pleased. And I remember being, I was in the back right next to this... A wall of windows while some people about 10 years older than me uh, led the time of singing. And for, I just found this stuff bubbling out from me, overflowing into my life. Uh, no one had taught me how to engage with God in that time of worship. No one in my church had modeled the kind of worship that I then engaged in. But I found myself as this 13-year-old teenage boy, very shy and retiring, um, Hands raised in the air in full, complete surrender and abandon. I actually found myself with tears literally streaming down my face because I was so profoundly moved by the love and the grace that God had for me in Jesus. And any kind of oh, self-awareness is not the right word, but, but, but it didn't even worry me whatsoever what others around me thought. Because this was coming from within, and this was true, and this was real, and this was genuine, and this was for him, and it just made sense to overflow into my life. I'm seeing a few nodding of heads. Have you experienced this? Where God so fills you that it can't help but spill over, find expression, turn up, overflow into your life. Not just when you first become a Christian, but multiple times throughout your life. And I'd love it if you could keep that image, keep that memory, keep that spiritual truth in mind as we go through, because today is Vision Sunday. Thanks Lewis for the wrap, really appreciate it. (laughs) I'm loving being part of the team, Um, and for those who are visiting, great week to actually lob in here, because we're going to talk about our kind of theme, our focus, the things that we're going to go after together as a community of faith this year. Uh, And coming into this Sunday, I've man, I feel the weight of that responsibility on these here shoulders um, because I know how significant that can be in shaping and forming a community of faith across the year. Um, Obviously, I've had plenty of chances to speak into that and and share that with others, but probably the first time in my life where I've been really given um, the primary responsibility for that. And so I've been listening. I've been listening to this community, and I've been listening to God. Uh, listening all the way back before I even started, because we're trying to discern, K and I, whether well, yeah, God was in the move uh, up here, and we certainly believed that he was, and continued to believe that. Um, read everything, every possible document that you gave me on the NCLS, um, profiles, history, talked to past pastors, uh, church planters, present pastors, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and, b- and back in the early December, um, yeah, I felt what I'm going to share today just really land uh, in my spirit for what what we want to lead into this year. Sometimes when you're trying to listen to God, you have to really wrestle with him uh, and seek and search after it. Um, This was one of those ones that just landed uh, in my lap and got the chance to share that with the pastoral team, with um, Brian and David as chair of board and head of elders back in early December. Share that with... Um, the whole eldership team in January. So we've been sitting with this for a little while, and as we've continued to share it with others who who need to know, I think it's fair to say that we believe that God is on this. But before we get there, a little foundation might be nice. If you have your Bibles, I would love you to open them to the turning point in the book of Ephesians, which is at the end of chapter 3. Uh, If you're familiar with the book of Ephesians, it really is a letter in two parts. It's it's one letter, it's it's one heart, but quite distinct, chapters 1 to 3, verses 4 to 6. In the first couple of chapters, Paul is just celebrating great spiritual truths, things that are just, man, they are good, this God has done this, we need to name it, we want to encourage the Ephesian believers with this, and in the back half, he starts talking about, well, what does that mean? How is that going to actually show up in their lives? How is it going to spill over? What difference is it going to make? What is the practical outworkings of that inner reality that happens as they encounter the living God? And so we want to pick up his prayer. We want to pick up his prayer at the end of chapter 3. And as we do, I do want to just do a quick, quick scoot through chapters 1 and 2 because it's just too good. It's just too good. Ephesians 1, 2, and 3 are Full of so much rich encouraging inspiring truths about the good news of Jesus and the gospel so I encourage you to read it often to soak in it to reflect on it to pray on it there are parts of this book I reckon should be mandatory memorization for all, all believers but in Ephesians 1 Paul just starts with this spontaneous it seems like explosion of praise for all that God has done and all that is real and true in the lives of those who have placed their faith and trust in him And he starts this way Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. Now, there is a statement. There is a way to start a letter to a church. That God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. We lack no good thing. God is not withholding from us, but has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. He chose us before the creation of the world. He predestined us for adoption to sonship. In him we have redemption, forgiveness, according to the, God, the riches of God's grace that he lavishes on us, that he pours out over us, that he pours out into us without measure, not withholding. Not partially, not temporarily, but this is the work of God in the lives of those who believe in him. In chapter two, he keeps going on this amazing celebration, Uh, and it's that great passage, hopefully you know it, about being dead in our sins, that's not such a good bit, Um, but then he does wrap up talking about, you know, God who is rich in mercy has actually made us alive. And, And he starts talking about this change, this very real shift that has happened in us, because of what God has done. We are different. And a part of that difference, or because of that difference, God actually places, it's the end of chapter two, God actually places his Holy Spirit within us. And we are filled. Paul is describing theologically what I experienced as I shared that story earlier in the sermon. That something was different in me. That God was filling changing, revealing, pouring out his goodness into my life. And in here, I was made new in that encounter with Jesus. For the more astute among you, you will have noticed that there is a jug of water and a cup that I have not made too much reference to so far. And it's not just there because I can get thirsty. <laughs> I want you to imagine that this jug contains all the things that Paul has just celebrated and communicated to the church in Ephesus. It contains all the things that God delights to pour out into you and into me. Every spiritual blessing in Christ. Forgiveness, redemption, restoration, adoption to sonship and daughtership with our creator God, the Lord Most High. His Holy Spirit, that same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he longs and loves to pour out into your life. Out of his incalculable resources, God has given this to us. More than we could ever possibly need to be filled. And he has put it on the table, so to speak. The gracious gift of God, not given partially, not given temporarily, but given in order to be received in order to fill our cup to overflowing. It's actually our inheritance as the children of God. It is our birthright, our new birthright. And so it does beg the question though, if this is true, if all the spiritual truths that Paul has talked about in chapters one and two, all those things that he has poured out, that he has given, that he has placed within the believer is true, Then when we get to chapter 3, why does Paul need to pray for us to be filled with it? If this is already ours, if this is already given, and if God has given it in order for us to be filled, why does he need to pray for the cup and for the filling of the Ephesian believers? And I think we know the answer to that, don't we, in our own lives. Often there is a gap between what is spiritually true and our experience of it. Or how much we receive it, how much we walk in it, live in light of it. You know, over the years, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this, even though I know that God has poured out his spirit, his forgiveness, his restoration, his new life into me, Uh, There have been seasons when I've found and when I've felt that this cup is really full, full to overflowing. Has anyone been there? Yeah. And there are other times in my life and other seasons in my life where it has felt like this is fairly low, maybe even running on empty, maybe even bone dry. Don't need to put your hands up, but have you been there? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you put your hands up anyway. Okay, (laughs) that's good. We're all on the same page. And it makes sense for us, doesn't it? Because we, we know that there is that sense for us internally that often we have to reach down and we have to draw on these inner resources, these spiritual resources as we navigate through life. So maybe it is that you're serving. You're serving God and you love pouring yourselves out for others. Maybe it's youth on Friday night. Maybe it's up here on Sunday mornings. Maybe it's sharing faith with your neighbor or trying to just be a good witness in, in your life community or your workplace and you know that draws within you and you do a withdrawal maybe you know that life just sometimes doesn't always work the way that we want it to work and circumstances that are outside of our control that would not be of our choosing surround us and we find ourselves needing to draw heavily drink heavily to withstand the storms to actually be resilient maybe we find ourselves sinning choosing not God's way, and it does have that kind of effect, doesn't it? And so on and so forth. And we can find ourselves sometimes with our cup not running over, but feeling empty and dry. And I know what this experience uh, is like, to reach inside and feel like I've got to drive down and draw something out, particularly in order to give, and feel like there's nothing there to to call on. You've been there. And so Paul prays for the Ephesian believers. And he prays this that for this reason, because they are filled with the Holy Spirit, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, this, this abundance that he has to give, that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. He's addressing our cups. So that Christ may dwell, that Christ may live, that Christ may fill your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love surpasses knowledge. To know that this love surpasses knowledge. You know, God has so much more abundantly abundant to give and to fill than we could ever even hope to get our heads around. And sometimes I think we fall into that trap of Christians, isn't it, of feeling like, oh, I just don't know if God could fill my cup to overflowing. Or maybe I know that he does that for the, for the super righteous and the super spiritual, those that he's got special favor on, he kind of needs to almost save some for them, and I don't get quite as much of a portion but friends, God has so much more love. How wide and how high and how deep is the love of Christ? This even surpasses, we can't even get a head around how voluminous that is that he has to give. And why does Paul pray this? Why does Paul pray that we get our heads around this? Well, it's in verse 19 there, isn't it? That you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. This is a Baptist church, so please don't raise your hands for this one. Um, but have you ever mixed a cocktail? <laughs> You'll know that as part of that activity, I mean, I have read about this on the internet, I've never done it, so i um, <laughs> just trusting Wikipedia here. I believe there's a thing called a measure, <laughs> where you measure out the right quantities of liquid to mix together to make a cocktail. Um, 30 mils of this, 45 mils of this, that doesn't look like enough, double portion for everybody, uh, and shake, 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 and, and there you go. Uh, I do wonder for, for sometimes, uh, as, for us as Christians, we think that the measure has got something to do with us, or, or that we're the ones that set the measure. You know, we think, oh God, would you fill me to the measure of salvation? Just fill me so that I know that I'm saved, and that I know that I'm right with you. And as we progress, maybe we go, God, would you, would you fill me so I could be a good dad and a good husband? Just, just, just fill me up to, to that level. That's, that's the measure of feeling that I want. Or, or maybe we kind of go, you know, we're starting to feel really spiritual. We're making some progress in our lives and go, God, would you fill me so much that I could just be man, a good person? That wherever I go, I'm displaying something of Jesus. Like, fill me up to that measure. God, fill me up so that I can start serving. Fill me up so that I can be a good witness to my neighbors. What's the measure that Paul is praying for? Is it a human measure? Has it got anything to do with us? That you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. That is something that this cup, that our lives could never hope to contain paul is praying god is speaking about abundance about complete filling it would be like taking one of our communion cups and going to the beach getting ankle deep in the waves and saying i hope that you fill this communion cup to the full measure of the ocean you get the picture doesn't matter how many times you fill this little cup in that ocean and take a drink or throw it on the beach or do whatever it is and go back for a second time. There is no way that ocean is getting drained and dry, lacking anything other than to fill this up completely to full and overflowing. The idea is of full immersion. It's of abundance without reason. There is no amount of times, no amount of ways that we can possibly hope to be anything other than abundantly Filled by the sovereign creator God as those who are his children. And I want to say this as loudly and clearly as I possibly can this morning. Friends, I want your cups to be full this year. I want them to be full and filled and flowing and overflowing in your life and into the lives of others. Not sitting empty when the entire resources of heaven have been poured out available to you but filled and full and overflowing. That has been a lot of me talking. So it's over to you. (laughs) I've got a question for you. I'd love it because I think we know this. We've already put your hands up. You know what this feels like when it's full, don't you? When you're being filled and when it's full. So I want you to turn to some people around you and I want you to recall a time when you felt the most spiritually alive. That's probably the best words I could could find to describe that. I'd love you to share with the people around you what did that feel like? What was happening in you and through you as a result? A couple of minutes just to have a little bit of an interaction with people around you. If you're not comfortable doing that, that's all right. Look down at your lap, no one will interrupt you. <laughs> and, um, come back, and I'd love to hear some of those answers. All right, that was nearly, nearly two minutes, just enough to plumb the depths of that question, right? <laughs> could you remember a time? Did something come to mind, uh, an experience or, or a season of your life where, where this was true? To um, so Put your hand up, did something could actually come to mind? Yeah, you weren't struggling to find, find answers? Uh, describe it to me, what did, what did it feel like, what was happening in your life? Just a couple of people, just, just yell on out as loud as you can. so overcome that you just knew that you had to do what God wanted you to do. Beautiful. Thank you. Others? Awesome. Just feeling that sense of feeling and overflowing. Yeah, Beautiful. awesome actually f- hearing the small voice of God so feeling connected and having that actually ex- fine expression the way you hear from him beautiful love it felt real not just words or knowledge, felt real, not just words or knowledge. thank you Nathan sharing it. Sharing, it. sharing it absolutely when you actually taste and see how good God is you actually want to share that with others so that they can not only understand what's happened in you but they might be able to experience it for themselves beautiful thank you how about we go one more Yeah, absolutely. It, like it opens your eyes, doesn't it? You, you become aware of the beauty that surrounds us, what God has done for us and through us. And yeah, there's a sensitivity in our spirit and our soul to that. Yeah, awesome, no, thank you. So I've got another uh, question that, that follows up from that one. i just love it if you could, um, this is a show of hands, I don't need to, to talk to anybody around you. Just show of hands. Um, show of hands if at the time that you reflected on and you remembered and you recalled, Was your present experience and walk of following Jesus? Now. Yep. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, yeah. This season. We'll go this season. Recall a time when you felt the most spiritually alive. Did you recall a time in twenty twenty three? Or were you recalling a past event? Past event. Hands up if you were recalling a past time in your life, that's where you had to go to to find that example and that illustration. That's the vast majority of us having to go back in our memory, back into our past to answer a question about being filled and spiritually alive and having that overflowing in our lives. Not hugely surprised by that answer, and you notice my hand went up alongside you. So that's why I feel this year it's really important and really key and strategic for us to actually spend a year thinking about what does it mean? to be filled to overflowing. We're going to explore this here, the theme of overflow, and that actually God wants to pour out into our lives. In fact, God has poured out into our lives, that he is doing something in us, and it's not that we would be empty or that we would be hungry, but that we would be filled. In Jesus' words, that streams of living water would be flowing within us. And not just stopping with us, but actually overflowing into the ways that we experience God, the ways that we see the world, uh, the ways that we hear from God, the ways that we behave, the ways that we interact with others, the ways that we share our faith with those who don't yet know it for themselves. A year of being filled to overflowing, a year of overflow, I believe that's what God is laying on my heart and what I believe God is leading us in as a community, that our cups would no longer be empty but filled to the brim, overflowing into every area of our lives. Can I tell you a story? A little bit of comic relief. That was all a bit intense, wasn't it? Uh, This was back from a couple of years ago. I was living with a bunch of uh, guys uh, in a a share house. We were giving Christian community uh, a a red hot shot. Don't know if we always got it there. Uh, But one of my fond memories is of this time that we went to a Brazilian all-you-can-eat barbecue. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, that's on the menu. Come on, next week. Come on, let's do it, somebody. Um, But we'd been seeing this shop down in Parramatta uh, for a while now, and they'd been advertising, and we knew um, that this was an all-you-can-eat place where you just went and you basically ate meat for as long as you could stomach it, uh, and then you got to leave. Um, And we'd been talking about it for a year. How good would it be? You know, we were 20-something boys. Oh, bacon, meat, chicken. Oh, it's got to be meaty and awesome. Um, But we'd never got around to doing anything about it. Uh, and at one point, um, one of my housemates, he found like a Groupon, it was like, I don't know, 40% off or something, and he's like, guys, this is it, we just, like we have to commit, we, we have to do this, are you guys in? So we're like, we're in, buy the tickets, let's make this thing happen. And so we had these tickets and you had to do a booking. So it's was about three weeks out, we did this booking for this all you can eat Brazilian barbecue uh, down in Parramatta, and we were in and we were heading there and it was coming, and we were excited. And it might sound pathetic to you, and I have to admit, it sounds a bit bizarre coming out of my life and my mouth, but it changed my life for a few weeks. (laughs) I literally and actually changed my life for those couple of weeks. It was on the topic of conversation everywhere we went. Everybody in church knew that these six guys were going to go to Brazilian all-you-can-eat barbecue in a few weeks. Man, I was Googling. Oh, this is uh, is far too revealing, isn't it? I I was like Googling, like, how do you prepare yourself for like an all-you-can-eat buffet? And it's like, you don't want to starve yourself in the lead up because it shrinks your stomach. Uh, So you want to eat normally, but the day of, man, just like load up on water instead. That'll keep your stomach expanded but lots of room in there to cram as much meat in as, uh, as possible you can hear the excitement that's what i felt and leading up to it like i actually had like an emotional bump It sounds ridiculous but i was happier happier in myself knowing that this brazilian barbecue all you can eat was coming and boy did we make the most of that <laughs> it's funny isn't it just when how insignificant things can actually make a difference They they actually make an impact. Uh, They turn up in our lives. They spill over into other areas of our lives. They overflow, in that case, to what we talked about, what we researched, what we gave ourselves to, even our emotional well-being state of mind. The more significant the thing, the more significant the impact and the outworking and the overflow. Talk to anybody who's had a kid. Or maybe had their doctor tell them the cancer's in remission. At the difference that that makes in their life. That it's not just knowledge or experience that they store up within, but it can't help but overflow. Come out, make an impact, make a difference in their lives. This is not meant to just be for storage, (laughs) okay? If you came over to my house and I put a cup on the table and I filled it with something for you to drink, my hope is not that it stays on the table filled and go, isn't that great? They stored what I gave to them. They preserved what I gave to them. But the idea is because God will continue to let this flow. And the idea is that it just overflows to our thoughts, to our attitudes, to our actions, to key relationships, to the way that we share faith, so on and so on and so forth. And so at the turning point of Ephesians chapter three, Paul, the very next verse, Ephesians four, verse one, says to so make sure to live a life worthy of the calling that you've received all this stuff that I've been talking about, all these spiritual truths that are now your reality in Christ, let them outwork themselves. Let them make an impact, make a difference in your life. Let them bubble up, spill over, overflow. And so throughout this year, we're going to explore that as well, particularly in the back three quarters of the year. We're going to talk about, well, what does this mean to have this overflow into my character and my life and the way that I live? How does this inner life with Jesus spill over? How does it overflow into the various contexts where God has sent me? How does it change? How does it make an impact on my behavior as somebody who knows they are filled with the life and the love of Jesus? But first, we're gonna focus on this. We're gonna focus on being filled. And so from now up until Easter, we're gonna launch into a little mini-series on Sundays called Drawing Deeply. And we're just going to explore some of the absolute spiritual gold that God pours out into our lives. And next week, I'm going to open it up by talking about the love of the Father that we have received, that he has lavished on us, that he has poured out into us. I don't want our cups to be empty this year. And I don't want us to have to ride on past experience and memories of the times that we felt close to God. I want this year to a year of vibrant spiritual life for each and every one of you, for myself, for our church, and I'm praying that the overflow and the impact of that will be felt far and wide in our families, in our friendships, in our times with God, in the ways that we seek to share faith with those who don't know him, but it comes from this place. Streams of living water, Jesus says, will rise and flow from within Not for us to store them, not for us to hold on to them, but for them to bubble forth, to spill over, to overflow. You with me? And I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to use the words of the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 3, yeah? I think these are significant words. I'm going to invite you to stand. And I'm going to invite you to actually hold your hands out, if you want to. There's no compulsion to do anything in this church. But if you want to, this is a a sign of, of receiving, of willingness, of desire to God to hear the prayers and to answer them in our lives. Oh, our Heavenly Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name, God, I pray that out of your glorious riches, you may strengthen us with power through your spirit in our inner being, each and every one of us, that you, Jesus, may dwell in our hearts through faith. God, I pray that you would establish us, that we would have a a sure and certain foundation and have power, together with one another, to grasp, to truly grasp how wide how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. To know this love that surpasses knowledge, to know it at a heart level, to embrace it as our identity, that we may be filled to the measure of all of the fullness of you, God. No more empty cups, Lord, we pray. Stand before you, Lord, and recognize that it feels like that's such a a huge cry and ask and prayer and hope and theme for us this year. And so I draw encouragement and I join with Paul in his next verses now to him who is able, that's you, Lord. Now to you, God, who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine according to your power that is at work within us. Oh, to you be the glory in this church and in Christ Jesus throughout the generations forever and ever, amen.